Hello, my name is Sophia Nocera, and this is 4 out of 4, a podcast about sexual assault and harassment on college campuses. I'm a senior at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and I'm doing this podcast as a semester project for my journalism degree. I got the idea for this podcast when I was talking to three of my closest friends, and I realized that all four of us had our own horror stories. Every statistic I've ever heard said one in five women, but there I was, four of us, all together, four survivors with our own qualms, struggles, nightmares, and memories we just couldn't shake. So I was curious, how many people do I walk by on campus that have their own stories? Did they tell anyone? Why don't we, college students, who are typically so filled with independence and knowledge say anything. Why is this happening at such a high rate? Where is it happening? So I sent out a survey which was shared across various social media platforms, and 51 college-aged students responded and told me their stories. I've interviewed survivors and experts, did a lot of research, and talked to my friends. This podcast is meant to be a work of journalism, but I took some liberties in order to make this happen as ethically as possible. First and foremost, I made the survey anonymous so that respondents could tell me their stories without me knowing who they are. I was asking people to open up about something that's difficult, often impossible to talk to about with a stranger. Does this mean that some respondents could potentially be lying? Sure, but I chose to believe them. I think the overall message here is important and I never want to discount a victim. I never want to make them a victim just because I want to do a project. Secondly, all respondents and guests are anonymous. This was a decision I made to keep them safe from their assailants or anyone else who wants to retaliate. These people are opening up to me and the least I can do is to protect them any way I can. Thirdly, I wanted this to be real. I have friends talking through these very complicated issues with me. We swear, we joke, we laugh. And this is us talking through some really messed up things that happen in the only way we know how, with humor. Finally, I am not an expert in psychology or how to recover from abuse. I can only speak to my own experiences, observations, and stories that others tell me. This is a student project where I'm learning episode to episode as to how to make this a successful podcast. For brevity's sake, there are various issues I won't be able to discuss in depth, like the disparities between minorities and people in the LGBTQA community, and even people who are college age but not in college when it comes to sexual assault and harassment. Instead, I relay the stories that I have been told, and the stories that I have myself. These stories come from my friends, my peers, and some complete strangers. Some people even let me interview them in person so I can ask them as many questions as I wanted. I hope you stay around for all four episodes. These stories are awful, cringeworthy, disappointing, and frustrating, but they're real. I think it's time we let the survivors talk and we listen. Thanks for listening. I'm Sophia Nocera, and here is four out of four.
Hello, listeners. My name is Sophia Nocera, and uh, this is 4 out of 4. So before we get to the fun stuff, (laughs) I should start with, I'm with my three of my acquaintances, Michael, a.k.a. Mike Hunt, Crystal, and Candy. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? What's up? <laughs> so um, so before we really get started, I'm going to just give some stats and kind of talk about why we even have this podcast in the first place. So according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, in the United States, one in five women and one in 17 men are raped within their lifetime. Also, one in three women and one in six men experience some form of contact of sexual violence in their lifetime but i think it's very interesting that although everybody knows of these stats things really haven't changed uh sexual assault and harassment have been issues that have been obviously around the united states for a really long time but i think just recently the me too movement has done the best job of kind of giving passion to women talking against their abusers and men too of course but one thing that i think is really interesting is College campuses tend to be one of the biggest areas where sexual assault and sexual harassment happen, but then, like, like you never really hear any stories or anything about them. So I think, like, exposure is really good. I'm a person who really learns from listening to other people and, like, kind of hearing examples. So I think the best way to handle this topic is to give a lot of examples. I sent out a survey to a bunch of people. It was on my social media bunch of my friends like retweeted it and reposted links to this survey and 51 people responded so kind of got a good variety of people from where they're from ages within college and different circumstances I think it's really important to get people on here and talk about what happened to them because this shit is fucked up and like people should be able to talk about it and not you know like not hide it anymore so yeah Uh, I go to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm a senior now, and I myself am a survivor. And I think as I've gone on in college, I've realized that it seems like more more and more girls I've interacted with have their own stories. So, uh, yeah, first we're going to start with three of my friends, and thus the name 4 out of 4 because, you know, there's the stats are always one in – was it one in – Five, but I mean there's four to four here and that's pretty fucked up like that I can find three other people that easily going back to college campuses and like why it's such an issue on colleges this magazine called campus safety magazine said that more than half of college women don't report their sexual assault and USA Today said that around in college around one-thirds of women are raped but in 2015 89% of colleges reported that there were no rapes on their campus. So the word reported is really important. And honestly, within our own college, you can see it. So first, I think there's an issue of just how colleges kind of give out these stats in the first place. For example, in my university, they every year they send out the annual campus security and fire safety report. So what the fuck do you think is on that? Are you asking us? Yeah, <laughs> I am. Uh, campus fires, safety hazards, perhaps, <laughs> how to be safe, <laughs> any dangers <coughs> that may occur to your average college student whilst 
on their college campus. Other vague things. Yeah, so a super vague, <laughs> a super vague title, Annual Campus Security and Fire Safety. So I looked at the data that they gave. So the years they have are 2016, 2015, and 2014. They kind of categorize things by rape on campus, rape on campus housing, and then off campus. So I don't really know what the rape on campus versus rape on campus housing is because I feel like most things, like maybe they're talking about like fraternity houses. Yeah, I think Greek houses aren't considered campus housing, but mm. are on campus. Okay, that makes sense. It also doesn't have to happen in a building, you know, just somewhere on campus. Yeah, well, so the the yeah, thing is, the their main things with like sexual assault and harassment are rape, fondling, which is like, what does that even like fondling is such a vague term i think domestic violence dating violence and stalking so let's look at those numbers so for rape on our campus in 2014 eight rapes were reported 15 in 2015 10 and then in 2016 12 were reported and with fondling 2014 two fondlings <laughs> occurred 2015 3 and then 2016 11 in with domestic violence, a third it, fondling just occurred in. 2018. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> ladies! Candy just attacked Crystal's boob. Bean dip. <laughs> Is that? But would that count as a fondling? Because that would be like if a boy did that to me, I'd be like, "You fondled me." I mean, the amount of ass grabbing in clubs that happens is pretty similar. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so then um, that was that is fondling on campus, by the way, the number. So let me repeat that. So in 2014, fondlings on campus. 2014, there was two. 2015, there were three. In 2016, there were 11. And then fondlings on campus housing. 2014, there were zero. 2015, there was one. In 2016, there was four reported. But off campus, in 2015 only... There was one instance of following. So what you said, Crystal, was a really good point. Like, there's no way that in 2015 there was only one person being fondled off campus. Well, think about all the times you've had your ass grabbed in a bar. You gonna report it every time? Yeah, absolutely not. Exactly. So, just that example alone, I think, shows exactly how much like the numbers are not. I think exactly representative of what's really going on. I think it's really normal for guys, especially when they're getting drunk, to be able to grab or touch or say anything to a girl and, like, no one really responds to that. And the same thing, honestly, for for girls. Like, if a girl – I think, like, stereotypically girls get more promiscuous as they drink. So, like, it's more socially acceptable for a drunk girl to force herself on a guy, which is – Obviously not okay. But once again, really important to talk about. So our school has a like strict policy on all these things, on dating violence, domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking. They say all reported incidents will be thoroughly investigated and those found responsible dealt with as necessary, whether criminally charged, handled through the university's judicial process, or both. It is the goal of the University of Nebraska to eliminate these crimes from its campus. And let's talk about, let's just like get these definitions out of the way. So when we're talking about consent, I'm just going to go with my university's definition of consent because I feel like that's the fairest way 
to go about this. So they did, like in this fire and safety manual, defined consent as agreement, approval, or permission as to some act or purpose, purpose given voluntarily by a competent person. So without consent means that a person was compelled to submit due to the force or threat of force or coercion. Uh, the person has expressed a lack of consent through words or through conduct. If the consent was given, um, it cannot be the result of the actor's def- deception as to the identity of. I I feel like they said that like, like if you're like impersonating someone else, maybe. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. So you need to only resist either verbally or physically. So as to make the person's refusal to consent genuine and real. So as to reasonably make known to the actors, the person's refusal to consent. I think that definition is interesting because it's like essentially saying you need to show that you are not willing to do this. Otherwise, it's like very unclear, which is fair. But I also think that's problematic because like there's just so many instances where it's just like awkward, I think, to not give your consent or to not like to make it obvious one way or another, even if you really don't want to. It also leaves so much open for interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what does, I'm sure if I say expressed a lack of concern th- of consent through words. So if like I'm hooking up with a guy and he's like, let's have sex. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the best idea. Like, is that consent or no? Because I'm, you know, like he could, you're right. Like he could really easily just be like, she didn't say no. She didn't make it clear to me. Yeah. Those are just like the general ideas that we're kind of talking about throughout this podcast. So now let's talk about Michael's, Crystal and Candy's experiences. So as I as I went through the survey and as I kind of thought, of, thought about my own experiences, I think within colleges especially, there's five problem areas. And those are party culture, air quote, friends, and air quote, relationships, power dynamics, and minding your own business. So the rest of these episodes in this podcast will specifically go through each of these different categories, and I'll give a bunch of examples, and we'll really get talking about what exactly these problem areas are. But I think as a good representation of just all of these issues encompassed into one episode, we're going to talk to you three. All right, so this uh, this is Crystal. Uh, Crystal and I have known each other since we were freshmen. We've yep. both gone here. Um, all right. So I have a few things that I've been thinking about. There's actually one that I wasn't going to talk about because I haven't really talked about it, even to you guys. Oh, plot that twist. I, plot twist. I guess, I guess, I don't know. I guess I should talk about it. It's not like, I'm not going to like break down or anything, but. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, I'm just going to kind of start out, I guess, with, uh some like lighter experiences or like things that I've seen other people experience that I wouldn't even consider rape but they're just kind of your like everyday college girl experience that I'm sure if any other people that go to college listen to this will have like 10 of these examples themselves and I think they're important to talk about too I guess just because they're everyday occurrences they're those everyday occurrences that you kind of ignore you laugh about but Mm -hmm. kind of are shitty So, like, a couple of them, like, I used to work in a restaurant, for example, and I'm sure all of us have worked in some sort of service job where customers have been creepy. P.S. Customer service sucks. Be nice. 
be nice to the employee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and there was one instance in particular, I actually haven't gotten that many severe ones, but one, there was like a drunk like dad, basically, who came up and was asking for help with something and then was trying to chat with me and like put his arm around my waist and was like holding onto my waist. And I was just like an employee there. And I remember one of my male coworkers was near me and I was just kind of like tense and then trying to like use my customer service voice still because I was at my job. And the guy finally walked away and I was just like, Ugh. Um, and then my male coworker turned to me and was like, I was about to like punch that guy in the face for you because that was really, really creepy. Where are his kids? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it was almost something that like I was just little things like that happen so often that I was like, Ugh, just another guy being creepy. But then like the fact that my male coworker had turned to me and was like so angry about it made me realize like, oh yeah, that's like really, really creepy. And like in my mind, I was downplaying it because it happens so often. But yeah. seeing another guy like realize that that happens to girls and be angry made me realize like how horrible that was. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you know things are really bad when like a man notices yeah. how yeah. bad something is. Yeah, and like a, you, as a customer, just please don't go up and touch the women working at wherever yeah. so you are. Like, what, are you, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Like push him off and be like, Fuck, fuck you, exactly. dude. Don't touch me. Like, you're going to get fired if mm-hmm. you do that. Yeah. So that's one. There was another time. This one I actually think is kind of funny, but <laughs> it was also really, really bad. But um, I was in a bar, and you know how there are those bars where it's, like, mostly college students, mostly young people, and then there's always, like, one or two, like, creepy old men <laughs> just, like, by themselves roaming around. And they're always there, and you're just, like, you're just nothing but trouble. Wait, you're here by yourself. Is this the popcorn fiasco? No, that wasn't, that wasn't a fiasco. That was fun. I once, I once tossed popcorn into the mouth of one of these old men. <laughs> but he was, he was in a group of friends. He wasn't creeping around by himself. It was fine. He was being nice. It was funny. Yeah. But in this situation, I was sitting and watching some friends play beer pong, and this creepy old man, like, comes up and is talking to me. And at first, I'm like, whatever, like, hello, no, like, I'm just watching my friends. Then he's, like, sitting next to me and will not leave me alone. And I'm, like, physically turned away from him, kind of being like, I just want to watch my friends. No, thank you. Like, totally pushing him off, like, dead face, looking away, turned away, will not let me alone. And then there was a guy, like, across the table, basically, over at the other side of the table watching. And, like, a couple of people were noticing me be, like, really uncomfortable and, like, not know how to, like, make this guy go away. And I just make eye contact with this guy, and I mouth, help me. Oh, <laughs> and this no. man comes over. It was, like, another college-age guy comes over and is, like, this girl is, like, trying to tell you to go away. Like, she obviously doesn't want to talk to you. And the guy fucking leaves. So, like, Boo. I'm there trying to yeah. make him go away, and, and another, another guy, guy yeah. had to come make him. And, like, that was super nice of that guy. So it's, like, good situation. Wait, so you didn't know him? You just mouthed, help me to a stranger? Yeah, because I was fucking scared. help me, eyes. Yeah, like, exactly. Just make that face at whoever you can. Try to get somebody to come over. Yeah. Exactly. I'm surprised that it got to the extent that, that you, like, literally had to mouth it. Like, if other people noticed, like, I'm surprised that someone else wasn't like, hey. Right. Well, and, like, it's not like he was touching me. I think it was one of those things where we were all kind of sitting there thinking, oh, eventually yeah. he has to go away. But I, like, was literally ignoring him, and he wasn't stopping, and I was like, guess I got to call for help or something. Yeah. Um. So very nice of that guy to help me, but 
two interesting situations where other men kind of, like, were the people that had to, like, realize how fucked up that was. Yeah. Because I was just sitting there, like... I feel like also at a certain point, like, like there's some things that I'm so used to mm-hmm, that I know yeah. none of my guy friends mm-hmm. would, like, if it happened to them once, they'd, like, flip out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And honestly, those situations, like, you guys know me now today, That th- these were both years ago that they happened. And I've kind of just become a, like, raging bitch now <laughs> because, like, and I wasn't, like, being nice, too nice or anything back then. But now I kind of have, like, started this role of, like, if my friends have someone creeping up on them, I have, like, physically pulled guys off of my friends and pushed them away or been, like, you need to fuck off. Because, like, those couple of things have kind of shown me, like, oh, just, like, really be a bitch to people. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) Side note, so one time, uh, I think me, Mike, and uh, Crystal were at a bar. This guy comes up to me and Mike out of nowhere, just, like, slithers up there, starts flirting hardcore, and Crystal goes, hi. I don't remember. It was someone I knew from the restaurant I yeah. used to oh work at. Hi, Todd. And it was so funny. Like, he stopped in his tracks. The fear. Oh, that I was out. literally like, what you doing? That was hilarious. So yeah. just wow. uh, exhibit A of really shut him down Crystal's there. ruthlessness. Crystal. <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I'm done with their shit now because <laughs> it's just too much. And you really did rescue us. We were very uncomfortable. Yeah, I did yeah. not know what to say to that dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> So those are two more commonplace. Um, this one uh, you do know about already, Sophie, is this wasn't like actually something that happened, but it was something that could have happened. So my sophomore year, I was drinking with friends. I like had invited some friends over to my apartment and one of those friends, a female friend, um, invited a male who she knew. And he, so this happened like once he came over, he was kind of creepy, he was kind of weird, whatever. Got really drunk, slept on my couch, everyone left, whatever. So then I do this again, and I accidentally drink way too much, (laughs) and like, like more than I have ever in my entire lifetime, fully blacked out, was apparently like dying in my bathroom, throwing up. (laughs) Do not remember any of this. Um, my friends very nicely, like, helped me once I'm fine, like, put me to bed. They all went home. They left this boy again, because he had, and, like, I don't blame them, because he had slept on my couch the one time before. I'd met him once before. And it was fine. Like, yeah. Was, yeah. And he was also really drunk. Left him to sleep on my couch. So I wake up, I don't know, two or three in the morning, and I don't want to, um, assume his intentions, but to me in my drunken state of waking up in my bed, he seemed to be fumbling with my pants to try to take them off. And mm. so... Suddenly in your room, not yeah. on the couch where he was Suddenly supposed to be sleeping. Suddenly in my room where I am passed out on my bed, touching me. And I'm fairly certain, but who knows, because I was blacked out, passed out, that I woke up, woke up pretty soon after he started because he hadn't, like, gotten my pants off or anything. But I immediately got up and, like, pushed him out of the room and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Luckily, my bedroom door, do- door locked, locked the door. He, like, I think passed out on my couch again. And then in the morning was knocking on my door a bunch. And I remember I texted you, Sophie, I think. Like, I in my drunken state was like, ah, I think someone like just tried to rape me, <laughs> locked him out of my room, passing back out again. Cause I was still like ridiculously drunk. So I'm 
counting my lucky stars that I even woke up at all. Yeah. I'm not even sure how I managed to. But he knocked on my door for a long time in the morning and then eventually left on his own accord because I was not going to come out of my room ever Which, again with him in my apartment. To me, like, aside from him, like, planning on doing who knows what, like, to your passed out body, to me the grossest thing about this is he was so comfortable after being kicked out of your room to stay there and then to try to talk to you in the morning. Right, which is where it's hard because, again, like, I don't want to assume that he would have raped me and maybe he was trying to apologize and explain himself, but I was also so freaked out by it that I was like, nope, I'm not letting you in a room with me again. What could he... But, like, even best-case scenario, like, what is the best-case scenario here? He takes off your pants and just leaves you in your underwear, like, to stare at you? Like, that's fucking creepy, too. Like. There was no good, like, once he slithered into your room, there was no turning back, and it just got, it right. was creepy. Yeah, and I don't know, who knows, maybe he might have might have been shaking me to try to wake me up, but we'll, we'll never know. But then... We know who you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, also, it didn't seem like that big of a deal to me. Like, I was obviously freaked out about it. I obviously talked about it, felt lucky that nothing happened, wasn't sure if anything would have. But then... Later, two years later, I have another party invite the same friend. Without my knowledge, she invites the same person. And I, like, had a meltdown. Because, <laughs> like, just being in, like, him, he was in my house again. And I, like, literally had to leave my own party and was, like, crying. Like, drunkenly crying in my yard. <laughs> Hello, Candy here. I kicked their asses out. <laughs> yeah. Thank <laughs> God for Candy. another friend yeah. from uh, <laughs> south of here. And I felt so dramatic because I was like, technically nothing has happened. I'm going to ruin this party. Like, I felt horrible and guilty, but I also was like uncontrollably having a panic it's attack. It's my party and I'm <laughs> want to. And I kick the creep out of my house if, if I, I want, want to. <laughs> Which, suffice to say, I feel especially dramatic knowing people that, like, it just goes to show to me what the mental scars could be if something had actually happened, because nothing actually happened to me, and I still, like, had a meltdown. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say that, though. Like, it, if I woke up in my bed after we, like, after I had a party at my house, and there was just, like, a guy trying to take off my pants, I would flip the fuck out. Like, That's... I would lose my shit. That, like, I mean, that alone is scary enough. Obviously, it's good that it didn't get any worse, but ugh, even then, like, ugh. Mm-hmm. no bueno. I would be terrified. Yeah, yeah. that's scary. Like, Some that alone is scary. Forensic files shit. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> well, all right, and that brings me to oh, boy. now the brand new story. It's, you guys are all looking at me with, like, terrified eyes. It, we're, all I of our eyebrows. I everything about you. <laughs> No, we're just acquaintances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are just acquaintances. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know my story. Okay, Crystal. <laughs> um, okay, so freshman year, I went to a party. Um, again, got really drunk. And a friend and I both brought home boys from this party. And we went back to her dorm room. And... We were kind of, like, opposite sides of the room, like, me with these boys. And, you know, it's, like, middle of the night now, like, still super-duper drunk. And 
my boy like was trying to have sex with me and I was like, there are other people in this room. I like don't feel comfortable having sex. Like they're right there. They're right across the room in the other bed. And they were like also making out like it was dark, whatever. But I was like, did not want to have sex with him. And he like basically coerced me into it. Boom. And so just when you're talking about consent earlier, like I wouldn't consider myself having been raped, but I mean like if you technically like go by the definition. Go by the definition. I did tell him no and that I didn't want to. And then he kind of was like, Oh, it's fine, it's fine, don't worry about them, like whatever. And I um walked home by myself. Like I waited until he fell asleep and I walked home back to my dorm by myself at like three in the morning because I felt really gross and horrible and have not talked about it since. There's so many people I'm sure that like have heard stories like that or like like, may even listen to this and be like, well, you were drunk. You were also in on it, and, like, you let him. But, like, the point is, no one should ever be put in the position in the first place. Like, yeah. if someone says no, you should drop it. Immediately. And if, yeah, like, there's no, but, like, it's okay. There's no, but I can do this. But, like, a no is a no. And I'm sorry that happened. That's just so. And you can say no partway through something, and it still means no. Yeah. Like, just because, like, even if you're in the middle of, like, having sex and, like, you think it's great, if the other person is like, I can't do this right now, no, that means stop. Yeah, if you're ever in a sexual escapade and someone says no. Yeah, please listen. Yeah, just stop. (laughs) Hey, sexcapade? Sexcapade. I now uh, end my time. Yield. Yield. I now yield my time to the court. Oh, my God. Um, Well, thank you, Crystal. And uh, all the men who fucked with Crystal, I know who you are. I will kill you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You cannot. Edit that out. (laughs) That's what acquaintances say. (laughs) Um, So is it going to be candy or Mike? I'll do it. Okay. I'm nervous. No, I'm nervous. You're it's just one thing it worse. to tell you guys about it on your own. It's another thing to talk about it with a microphone in front of your face. Where should I start? Um, so some backstory. Both Mike and Candy came to our school sophomore year. So their first year, they were at a different school in a nearby state. Should I start with some light being followed stories? Yeah. I love your being followed just stories. Just jump right into it. Let's Let me, do it. Okay, so here's a... I need a disclaimer. So I am very bad at saying no to strangers. My Midwestern politeness is deeply rooted, and I panic when I'm in a situation where I should be saying, hey, fuck off to somebody. Uh, so that is part of a lot of these stories. What is it, Crystal? I also want to preface with saying that my cunt is a very beautiful young lady. Oh, well, okay. And she's very small, and she has a very friendly face, and I don't know if that contributes, but people seem to take that as that she's easy to creep yeah, out and people stalk. see me not scowling while I'm walking around and think that means, like, please come up and talk to me. I'm dying to have a conversation with you, strange man. Yeah. Um, not that their attractive levels matter, really. <laughs> In, like, the grand scheme of things. Well, we are three of the prettiest people you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I would say, like, all three of them are, like, fairly above average in attraction. Um, 
I think uh, I think Crystal is right there though with Mike. Mike definitely has the I would say the easy, like the most approachable appearance out of all of us. Please stop sexualizing my acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying she's approachable. I'm feeling harassed. She's oh. also just so small that maybe they see her weakness. Oh yeah, I am small, so I could be snatched easily. I think about it all the time when Snatch I'm carrying my keys between my fingers, power walking across campus at night. But uh, <laughs> these acquaintances never leave me alone, so normally it's not an issue. <laughs> Okay, so getting into it, there have been, I have a large handful of stories of being followed by various people at both of the universities I've attended. I'll start with the one from my freshman year. So I was in a philosophy class. It was a big lecture in the late afternoon, and every day, starting probably a couple weeks into class, I would leave with everyone else, and after a while, I noticed there was this kid that always walked the same direction that I did, which was fine. Everybody lives in similar places. But a few days later, he starts coming up next to me and walking across campus with me. (laughs) And, you know, I, uh, with my politeness, like, go along with his small talk a little, like, try to just give short answers so maybe he'll get the gist and go away. It doesn't work. So I start leaving class early or hanging back, like, 10 minutes later so that he will leave and walk on his own and I won't have to deal with him. So the first time I do this, um, I leave late. And I just like went to the bathroom, like got a drink, like killed a little time. And so I finally leave to go walk home and I'm like listening to my music, having a nice little walk. And all of a sudden I can like, I can feel someone coming up behind me. And I look to my right and there he is. He uh, must have waited to see when I would leave and then followed me home and finally I shake him and I'm like, fine, I'll just like leave early next time instead. I leave early, this kid somehow catches up to me again. This And this time he walks me all the way to the door of the scholarship hall that I'm living in, right up to the door. And I'm like trying to scan my card to get in so he'll like, I can like shut him out and be done with it. And he keeps trying to get me to talk to him right at my back door. And finally he asks for my number and I am like, no, I have a boyfriend, sorry, bye. Like, scan and get the hell into that building. And after that, I managed to avoid the kid. But yeah, that's my first one. Another more recent one. Um, I was sitting, this was last spring, I think? Yes. In a big lecture um, in the new business college. And it was an evening lecture and this is like part way through the semester. We all have our assigned seats, even though it's a big lecture hall. And I sit behind this row of boys and like, I've never spoken to them before. I'm talking to the kid next to me and somehow Kansas City came up, which is the area that I'm from. And this kid, the bo- one of the boys in front of me turns around, starts asking me about Kansas City. I just tell him like, yeah, my folks are from Prairie Village, yada, yada. Class starts, that's the end of it. I don't think about him again. And then I'm leaving class and he catches up to me and starts talking to me in the basement of the College of Business. And basically I start walking, I'm parked way across campus over by Q Street. So it's a long walk, it's dark out. And this kid just starts walking with me. I'm trying to like take random routes so that I can shake him or something so he'll realize, oh, this isn't the direction I'm going. No, he does not care about where he's supposed to be going. He's just walking with me apparently to my car 
I am once again doing my dumb, polite small talk, putting up with it, and I finally get all the way to my car, and he walks up to the door of my car with me in the street. Bizarre. And as I'm trying to get in my car, be like, okay, I'm going home now, he asks me for a ride. <laughs> this kid that I have never <laughs> spoken to before that just followed me to my car in the dark asks to get in my car and drive with me somewhere. Maybe maybe he was in it for the ride. Since, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> since day one. <laughs> he didn't know I had a car. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And this is where it gets really bad on my part. I gave the kid a ride. Oh, no. my yeah. God, Mike. I gave the kid a ride. Oh. I told you I have problems. It's really an issue. This is why they need me to tell people to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really is. I really have no control. I can't do it. I truly panic. And I've got my mace in the side door of my car. I'm, like, holding on to it while I'm driving this kid. And get this, he has me drop him off a block away. <laughs> like, his apartment is literally a block away. So wherever he, I, after this, I went home, emailed my professor immediately, said, I need to switch seats. Just put me anywhere discreet in that lecture hall. And that was fine. Uh, the girl that sat next to me after that was really nice. She like pretended to be best friends with me after that so that I wouldn't get followed again. And yeah, but wherever you are, weird boy from my marketing class, uh, fuck you. That was creepy <laughs> as hell. What is wrong with you? You don't need a ride. I wish I could tell your mother about this. Because, wow. Honestly, all these at all these men, I wish we could tell your fucking mothers. <laughs> yeah. I have one more of those, if you would like to hear it. Yes, yeah. always. It's the one about my journalism class. So, this is sophomore year here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm sitting in another big lecture. I... Don't like talking to human beings, so I always isolate myself as best I can in a row with as few people as possible. So, it's probably the middle of the semester sometime. I'm sitting in my class, um, like, getting my shit together to take my notes and everything, and this kid, like, unfortunately steps into my row. It's fine, though. He goes, like, four or five chairs down and sits down and that's it. Lecture starts. Partway through, well, I guess he did like say hello to me, try to talk to me a little. I just made myself look busy with my laptop and all that. It was fine. Partway through this lecture, this kid like drops his pen and I kind of like, I just glance at it, but he's like five seats down. I'm not going to pick it up for him. So he like, I can see him staring at me while he tries to like pick this up. Like I'm supposed to get up and get it for him or something. I don't know. And then a couple, like a minute later, I see out of the corner of my eye, he's gathering all his stuff up, picking it all up, and he gets up, carries it over to me. I've got my jacket and my backpack in the seat next to me, and he points at it, and he's like whispering, because once again, this is in the middle of a lecture, points at my stuff and is like, hey, can you move that? And like, I'm paying attention to my lecture, so absent, like kind of absentmindedly, I pick up my jacket and my backpack and set it on the ground, just cause like, oh, I don't, mm, I don't know, just a jerk reaction, I guess. And this kid sits down in the seat directly next to me, like, gets up and moves in the middle of this lecture, sits down in the seat next to me, and just sets up, and, like, out of the corner of my eye for the rest of the class, I can see this fucking kid, like, staring at me directly next to me, like, head fully turned, like, staring me down the whole lecture, and I'm just, like, stiff as a board, like, just trying to stare straight ahead, like, not have contact with this dude. He's leaning over periodically and, like, making comments about the lecture to me, I'm just sitting completely silently like, 
panic texting the guy I was dating at the time. This, the guy that I was dating had to come to that lecture. He walked in in the middle of this class, sat down a couple seats down. <laughs> um, like, we didn't really acknowledge each other that much, but he sits and watches this kid that's creeping on me. And once the lecture's done, this kid stands up, like he's trying to ask me like, about myself, can I have your number? Like, where do you live? Yada yada. Where do you live? And this, <laughs> what's your address? <laughs> can I get your social, please? <laughs> um, and uh, the guy that I was dating comes over and just says, "Hey, babe, do you want to ride home?" And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds great." And this, the kid, the the creepy kid, like, looks at him, looks at me, gets these super wide eyes, and just walks away. <laughs> So, um, once again, fuck you, man. Wow. <laughs> oh, did you have something to say, Crystal? I was going to say, hell yeah, brother. But... <laughs> hell yeah, brother. Oh, I'm heated. Now I'm mad. I hate men. God. Yeah, they... Make us uncomfortable, left and right. Just do the creepiest, weirdest shit. Um, Who raised you? What about that boy that was talking to you, was it last semester in your class? Last year, like he would literally talk to you in the middle, like in the middle of lectures. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that one. Thank oh, you for reminding oh me. God. This is a smaller one, but I was in this brilliant class. Like, was always there, sat in the front, always paid complete attention because it was my favorite class. There's this kid who sits in the back. Um, obviously, doesn't pay much attention. One day, he starts sitting in the front row next to me, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just fucking like taking notes and listening to this lecture and learning at my university. It doesn't matter. <laughs> An amazing concept. <laughs> I try. I, I'm a scholar. <laughs> um, Gentlemen in the school of Mike. <laughs> um, basically, this kid starts sitting next to me every day and blatantly just talking to me in the middle of this lecture that I love. This is a small classroom, too, and I am right in the front. Our professor is two and a half feet away from us, like, <laughs> trying to teach, as they do. And this kid just will not stop talking to me, like, random like random full conversations he's trying to have with me in the front row of this small class. Most awkward thing. And for once in my life, I finally started telling this kid, like, I am trying to listen, like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Please, will you be quiet? Like, that's probably the one time in my life I've done this. But, wow, he was fucking annoying. And he, like, we were we had to exchange numbers because we were doing our big semester project on the same thing, of course. And this kid texts me every time a due date is coming up, trying to get me to hang out, trying to get me to edit his paper, trying to get me to work on it with him, like, send him my work so that he can see what I'm doing. Like, also, obviously, just trying to rip off my work that I was doing for that class. Worse than sexual assault. Honestly, it was infuriating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's kind of the end of that one. I just swerved him really hard and stopped responding. To <laughs> what did I send to him one that one time? I sent him a really rude text one time, like the third time he asked me to send him my full ass paper. <laughs> like, no, I'm not gonna send you my whole paper. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm not an idiot. But yeah. There are many more, but I think that's enough following stories. Well, those are all interesting, too. That just had me thinking about, like, 
a lot of these can also be construed, I feel like, by guys as, oh, I would like to ask this girl out. And then they think it's appropriate to do this stuff. And from our perspective, it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> and for, like, any sane, smart person's perspective, it's creepy as fuck. Yeah, note to listeners, if you are interested in someone, the best way to get them interested in you is not to follow them around. Yeah, don't follow them around. Don't send them random weird text messages. Don't move seats in the middle of a lecture <laughs> to creepily sit next to them and ask them to move all their stuff for you. Yeah, I feel like some <sighs> some of these people think that they're doing something like like a grand romantic gesture, but like yeah, it just makes me wish I had my mace on me. The, honestly, the brothers Grimm are dead, and so is fairy tales. Like, <laughs> cut that shit out. Okay, note though. Brothers Grimm fairy tales were pretty fucked up. Just like this. <laughs> um, <coughs> do you want to talk about your other more heavy experiences? That was good. Thank you. Yeah, I will. I have two more stories for you all. So this was freshman year of college um, at my first university. Candy here was with me at the time. It actually occurred at her apartment. She was living with a couple boys that we had known from high school trusted them, they were part of our friend group that we had spent years with. Candy and I went to the bars one night and came back really, really drunk. These boys that she lived with had a bunch of people over, people that we'd known for years, trusted all of them. We've done all kinds of things with them, um, trust them enough to live with them, obviously. And one of the boys, I'm obviously really drunk. I threw up, he sees me puking, he's like, if you want, I'm actually leaving tonight. I have to go stay at my mom's to take care of her cat. She's out of town, so I'm not going to be here anyway. If you want to sleep in my bed, like, you look like you really want to crash. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. So nice. Like, I know that Candy doesn't want to sleep with me tonight because I've just been puking a bunch. And Actually, I think he told you that before we even went out. So, like, it was like he had been planning this, this was for a while. premeditated as hell. Yes. So he had told her that before we even went out. Then we went out. Came home, drunk as hell. He's still there. And finally, like, he's like, okay, yeah, it's time for me to go. Like, good to see you all. I'll see you all tomorrow. I'm going to my mom's house. Yeah. Bye. He leaves. I crash in his room, which is fine. Actually, another one of our friends, male friends, is sleeping on the floor that night in that room. And I'm super drunk. I pass out really hard. I'm in a, just a t-shirt and my underwear. Perfectly normal, like... Everything's fine. I fall that's, asleep. That's drunk person attire. Yeah. Especially after you've been After puking. you've been puking oh, your guts yes. out you for You just wear a shirt and underwear. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I fall asleep, and I wake up in my groggy, hungover state the next morning, and I'm laying there, like, and I realize there is someone in this bed with me, and they are spooning me, and they've got their hands up my shirt all over my boobs, and I'm just, like, laying there paralyzed because I just woke up out of nothing, out of being blacked out the night before to this. Very confused. Don't know what to do. I realize it's the boy who told me that he was leaving and I could stay in his room that night. So I lay there for a little bit, like, trying to figure out how do I get out of this situation. Like, this is someone I know. This is someone I trust. I don't want to make a scene. But also, I'm panicking because this is not okay. Like... Even if you're friends with someone, you don't want them touching you like that, obviously. Yeah. And so finally, I peel myself out of that room, and I, like, power walk across that apartment, go straight to Candy's room, lock myself in there, have a little meltdown. She was the only person that knew about that for quite a while. I did, I told, I finally, like, 
a couple of days later got it, got it together. One of my best male friends was best friends with the kid that did this. And so I finally texted him just to tell somebody like what had happened and how upset I was and asking him, what do you think I should do? Like, I need to talk about this with someone. Like, I can't believe this kid did this to me. And he just completely ignores my texts. We didn't talk about it until about two years later when I finally confronted him and was like, why did you ignore me? That was a really big deal. That was whack. Like, fuck you, you're supposed to be one of my best friends. Yeah. And so really I didn't talk to any of them about it for a long time because that was my friend group. That was my whole life back in our hometown. So I obviously didn't want to jeopardize that because all of those boys were really tight. And if I had, I mean, they're all still friends with them now. So if yeah, I had even, done that, I would have, yeah, I would like, have been completely excluded from my entire friend group and from every social activity we did. Yeah. And even for me, like I lived with the dude. He was definitely creepy. I stayed in my room basically the entire time that I lived there, like, what were yeah. you supposed to do? I mean, he was still someone that, like, we loved and trusted, though. And, like, even, like, it just took full advantage. He it, it, it was completely premeditated. He yeah. set it up so that I thought he would be gone. We were all convinced he was leaving. We thought, oh, he's doing such a nice thing. Like, thank you so much. And he takes full advantage of that. It was incredibly fucked up. I finally, about a year ago, confronted him about it. And he was pretty much like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize can't believe that like I didn't realize that that was so wrong and I know that was bullshit because obviously like he did that on purpose he set that up on purpose like you've got to know that manipulating a, like tricking he tricked me into sleeping in his bed that night and he knows he did that but yeah I finally talked to him I think he he sent me a million super long text messages trying multiple 10-minute voicemails, that kind of stuff, Which, trying like, to get me to forget, like, he just wanted my verbal forgiveness. Yeah. And he wanted to make sure I wasn't going to tell anybody else about yeah. it. Yeah. If I remember correctly, as Mike is texting this dude and, like, pretty much just being like, fuck you, you you've crossed a line, like, I this can never be forgiven. The His kind of tone the whole time was like, oh my God, I, I feel so bad for me. I really messed up. I understand how much I messed up. Like, mm -hmm. you need to forgive me because I understand and what I did is wrong. And like, that is not how that like, works. I'm not going to be able to live with myself until yeah. you forgive yeah. me. Exactly. Fuck you. Well, and also, and this will come up in my last story too, because I confront the person in this next story as well. The sentiment I got from both of them was, oh, that's not me. That's not something I would do. Like, I was in a weird place or I was in a bad place. That's just not me. I've gotten that from both the people, all three of the people I've confronted about things I, I would argue, years later. I would argue when you're at your lowest point, like, that is who you, like, really are. If, if you can't still be a decent human, then, like, in general, you're not a decent human. I think this first one was also, like, the biggest betrayal, too, because the other ones were people I didn't know very well. I didn't know their character. Like, this was someone I'd known for years, like, gone all through high school with, had been part of a good for like someone I'd confided lots of things in, like done lots of things with. We had a long relationship. It was incredibly disappointing. Yeah. And something too um, that I especially noticed with him, because I know him pretty well too, is uh, this is Crystal speaking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is the kind of person that does creepy things sometimes. 
And, like, not in the way that anyone's going to get upset, but, like, in the way that I think sometimes people that do this, you're not super surprised afterwards, which is so weird because maybe he's done some, like, if he likes a girl, he'll, like, kind of do a creepy follow her type of thing. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I remember being at parties and he would kind of give weirdly sexual back massages or, like, some, you know, something weird like that. That is so fucking weird. Yeah, where, like, generally a nice person does some creepy stuff and also sometimes. like he's best friends with all of our best friends yeah. so like it's got to be okay he's got to be fine right and it was at a point where i mean it didn't i guess shock me but also it did because like you just wouldn't expect that especially since he was friends with us for so long yeah yeah you think maybe they're a little creepy but they're harmless until they're not harmless yeah, yeah it's it's really i think i mean I, I feel like almost anybody like any person you talk to you can you can think of you're one kind of creepy friend, but, like, is that creepy friend creepy all the time? No, otherwise they're not your friend. You know, like, these people know how to be really, like, overly nice in some instances, and that kind of compensates for when they're shitty Mm -hmm. in other instances, and, like, the other instances, because they're so nice at other times, you're just like, ah, I must not be like that. Like, I must be reading too much into it. Which is bullshit. Like, that's just, you know, like, that's just manipulating everyone around you. No, and actually going off that is, it's weird because, like, while it happened, we thought it was kind of innocent or something we could just write off. And it took, like, a couple years to realize that, like, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I have talked about this with all of you at different times over the years, and it just took such a long time to finally realize wow, that was fucked up enough that I really need to make sure, like, I can say what I can to try to get him to know he can't do, he shouldn't do that to anyone ever again. No, and I think that it's overlooked or people don't understand why people don't come forward with their stories until such a long time afterwards. And it's just sometimes you don't realize what happened. Yeah. So, well, one, sometimes you don't realize the severity. And two, like, you can lose things like an entire friend group. Like, yeah. you're risking an entire friend group that is your whole life wherever you are it's a lot riskier than i think a lot of people realize yeah and the the shittiest thing is like i'm sure some people are thinking like oh like if you told everyone like you know like your friend group is going to cast him out and not you but like absolutely not mike like that is not what happened no because i tried to reach out to one of the boys and i chose my safest bet the one that was one of my best friends and he completely wrote it off didn't even like wouldn't even respond about it so if he wasn't gonna uh, even talk to me about it, then what were the other boys gonna do? Yeah, wouldn't yeah. have been nice. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the moral of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my last one now. So this one was very recent. This was last semester. So fun start to the story. These ladies and I were at a um, a small trivia night where. We swept. We won the whole damn thing. Oh, that was the best night of my life. Bar tab. I, yeah, probably oh. our be- our best accomplishment. The one time I think all of us at the same time was drunk because, like, you know, like we all like kind of sh- like shift. Like yeah. one person will always be more sober, but 
that one night hundred dollar bar tab gone in like 20 minutes hundred (laughs) dollar bar tab was really where things started to go downhill but (laughs) this night like there are these two boys at a table next to us and they come over start talking to us all we end up hanging out with them all they did not know the topic of trivia at all so like also like why even show up yeah yeah you don't know trivia but yeah we end up hanging out with these dudes all night it's great we're all having a good time one $100 bar tab later, we are all just an absolute wreck. I'm making out with one of these boys. He was like, it was fine. Perfectly normal bar experience. I take him home with me and uh, we hook him, hook up and all that. And I wake up the next morning and I'm completely naked, which is fine. That's not part of this. It was consensual and all that. But I wake up and I am obviously sober again and back to like, being the normal Mike who doesn't want to interact with strangers, just wants to be with her close friends because people are scary. And so I'm just laying there pretending to be asleep so that this guy will get the hell out of my house and I won't have to talk to him while he does it. And as I'm laying there trying to wait it out, playing the long game, um, I feel him start to, like, he's lifting up the blankets. And I can feel this even though my eyes are closed. Like, I know he's lifting up the blankets and looking at me, which, like, uh, okay, whatever dude and then through i can see even though my eyes are closed the flash on his camera start to go off multiple times like it's uh, like i know that's what it was it was obvious i know it sounds a little odd because my eyes were closed but i know that's what was happening yeah. and as this, these flashes are going out i can feel the blanket is lifted off of me this kid was taking nude photos of me while he thought i was asleep without any form of consent And finally, like, I just laid there in a panic once again, like, because that's a very scary thing. Like, how do you, this person that I don't know at all is suddenly taking full advantage of the situation that I let him be in. You're welcome, by the way. Fuck you for taking advantage of that. We also know who you are. You are blessed, (laughs) man. Um, And yeah, we all know who you are. I see you at Trivia Night again. You're fucked. I will fight you. We want (laughs) the drink that we gave you back. (laughs) Yeah, we want all the drinks that we gave you back. We shared our $100 bar tab with you. Never again. Never again. This is why we don't talk to other people. Never again should we share things. You took advantage of us all. Yeah, honestly, though. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, he finally gets the fuck out of my house because at this point, I'm definitely going to not wake up, even though I'm already awake gonna keep pretending to sleep because i don't want to deal with this situation scary i'm hungover i'm vulnerable as hell like naked with this man that i honestly probably couldn't even remember his name that next morning taking photos of me without i remember my permission. your name oh i remember it now <laughs> <laughs> so he leaves like i pretty much just don't deal with that mentally at all and finally i start thinking like wow this fucking dude has a bunch of naked photos of me just sitting on his phone. Who knows who he's shown? I don't know who in this damn town has seen me naked now. Because I don't know what that dude was doing with my pictures. I can confirm that I have seen you naked. Well, that's... <laughs> you had permission. <laughs> and I know you. Think Consent, about, people. <laughs> capital C. Um. Yeah, so I'm just walking around the next couple weeks thinking, God, like... That gross, cringy feeling of being, like, having your privacy totally violated. I know this dude's got a bunch of nudes that I didn't give permission for him to have. Probably shown it to his goddamn buddies. I don't know what he's doing with him. I finally text him. 
I'm really tempted to read you the response I got from him. Just do it. it. Should I? Do it. Okay, hold on. Let me find it. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) So I finally text him, and I just say, so I know you took those pictures of me without my permission while I was sleeping. There's nothing I can do to make sure that you delete them or to know that you've deleted them. There's no way for me to know who you've shown them to. So I just wanted to say fuck you for that. That was not cool. I didn't give you consent. I hope you never do that to someone again because it's not okay. Like, that's fucking all. Bye. Drop the mic. And he texts me back and he says, Thank you for messaging me because I wanted to say sorry. Bullshit. Like you were ever going to contact yeah, me like and you say were, sorry. I was actually just about to text you about this. I was just going to tell you uh, yeah. how I took these wow, pictures. Wow, you read my mind. Three weeks later. Um, you're right. I was in a bad place and I fucked up big time. I've never done that before and you have no reason to trust me at all, but I deleted them and didn't show a soul. I got home and felt so bad. I know I'm a piece of shit and there's no right way to apologize for such a shitty thing. But thank you for messaging me because I've felt terrible ever since. That's not me and I'm sorry. Have a good day, Aww. Yeah. Oh, the poor boy who was in a bad place in the bad place made him take pictures of me. Do you realize that you just said your name? What? That's okay. I'll edit it out. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't even have the fucking words for... What the fuck? She's just saying... I do. I have good words. Oh, I... yeah. what a poor me. Let, me. let me go back over the highlights. Yeah. You're right. I was in a bad place. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Who's just like, I'm feeling sad today. Let's go find some... Like, take some naked pics. Yeah. I'm, why does it make me feel better? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, yeah. Mike, I... You know, I gotta say, I'm really not in a good place, so if you could send me, like, at least eight nudes. No, no, that's not how it works. You don't ask me for them. You get me naked, and then you take them while you think I'm asleep. Shouldn't tonight. be hard. Tonight. Tonight will be, <laughs> tonight will be the night. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Keyword, consent. Oh, God. Yeah, like, how, how dare he... Okay, so, A, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, like, say... Sorry, the best way to do it is, like, not to start it off with lies. Like, not to say, like, I was gonna say sorry. No, you weren't. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you he's You were never been, gonna say anything. I'm sure he was walking around town thinking about how bad he feels all the time. Right. No, I bet he was look, jerking off to naked pictures of me that he took without my permission. Like, thank you for letting me know, but I already know I'm a shitty person. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah. Thank you for calling me out, but... <laughs> I already am aware that I was in a shitty place and And I'm a piece of shit overall. So yeah, that's a good that's a good example of how all men pretty much react when you call them out for their bullshit. Yeah, it's That's like, yeah. really a good example of every reaction I've gotten. And I just don't understand how you even get the idea for that. Like who has sex with someone and then afterwards is like you know what would be better than that sex we just had? <laughs> if I got some photos out of this. Like, I just don't never, understand yeah. boys' minds where, like, that even, like, comes up as a thing that you decide to do. That has never crossed my mind. And I also no. don't really know how, like, if a boy that I had sleep over with me would react if I did that. Like, if I just, like, started taking dick pics. <laughs> like, he would... I should have turned the out, tables on him. I should have hooked up with him again and started taking pictures of him. See how he felt. 
God damn it. Then post them on Facebook. Yeah. Tag Absolutely. his mom. <laughs> I believe that's Tag illegal, so <laughs> I don't condone that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that kind of sums up most of my experiences with uh, shitty men. You're all gross. We Yeah, get your shit together, Jesus. all of you. Um, okay, and uh, last but not least... Candy time. Hello. Candy time. I want candy. <laughs> candy speaking. I want candy. Um, well, I could tell you about all the times I have had creepy men approach me or touch my ass, but that's probably... You guys covered the bases. <laughs> we covered much. the bases. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about an experience that I had before I moved here. I worked at a fast food place. Don't judge me. I made a lot of money. Um, <laughs> she did. For a lot of money. I worked there is- for... Candy is very attractive yeah, also. As all fine. Pretty girls said, like, get them tips. Yeah, like, as I said, all, all three of them are super attractive, so it's no surprise Stop that. Stop sexualizing me. <laughs> I'm sorry. My mistake. We are the problem. <laughs> you made me choke on my orange. <laughs> okay, so I worked at this place for three years. Over the three years, actually, very creepy customers. I specifically remember one who I was not even taking their food to them, they stuck their head out of their window and was like, hey, girl, you got really nice legs. You should put those in some high heels or something. Uh, I, spe- uh, I will never gross. forget that he said that to me. Uh. I have had multiple people ask for my numbers and creepy shit like that. Wait, pause. Do you remember that one time on like you were on Tinder and this one boy <gasps> was like, nice thigh gap. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. He was weird. Yeah. <laughs> What? I think that was like my one and only time on Tinder. <laughs> you have a yeah. whole episode on shit, guys. Say to um, girls on Tinder. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. PSA: Do not ever say that to anybody. That's just weird. Yeah, real weird. So, I it was the last year that I was working there. I was about to. I was in my freshman year of college. I was what 18, 19? I hope eighteen. Freshman year, probably eighteen. Well, yeah. I started working there when I was sixteen. Let me tell you that. So I kind of got involved with my boss and it's taken me how many years has that been three four years to realize that i was extremely manipulated the entire time so how did it start um we were at a bar one night all of us because we would all go out um together and i had noticed that he had been kind of flirting with me before then and honestly like he wasn't bad looking and i thought it was kind of cool and like not that anything was going to come about it. Flattering. Yeah, it's just, like, flirting with people is fun sometimes, you know? And I feel like that's also, like, like a super sexualized dynamic, you know? Yeah, like the, yeah. the hot boss and... Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. So we were playing beer pong, and there was one cup left. And he, like, leans over to me, and he's like, if you make the cup, like, I'll kiss you. And ended up making the cup, of course... And so we walk down the block because no, we don't want anyone to know. So we like make out for like five seconds and then go back inside. And that was that. The next day I felt extremely uncomfortable about it. Like what the fuck just happened? Cause I was really drunk. And I think it really started when the next day I was working and I left. It was very uncomfortable the entire time, obviously, because he was working too. And I get home and he pulls up next to me, like he followed me home and was like, like, we should talk about it and what happened, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I really want to take you on a date. Like, I actually really like you. And everything in my body was screaming, run the fuck away. Like, what is happening? He has a wife and two kids, might I add. 
And how old was he? He was 26, 27 at the time, and I was 18. Yep. I felt like I had to say yes, even though I kept trying to, like, postpone it. I just, I felt really uncomfortable. What was I supposed to do? Yeah, like, what are you supposed to say? No, boss, I'm not going to hook up with you. Yeah. I don't want to go on a date. Like, then then what? Like, you would have maybe had really shitty schedules. It would have been exactly. awkward. He could have found it's any reason so to fire awkward. you. And in the apartment that I lived in, one of my roommates also worked at the same place, and we were all, like, really good friends with each other. And, like, I didn't want to risk ruining anything with that because, like, the group that we all worked together was really fun, and we we would just all hang out and go out. Um, So besides making going out very awkward, there was this one time that he wanted to hang out, and I did not. So I lied and said that I was going to my uh, grandparents' house, who lived in a different town, um, like 45 minutes away. And I said that because I didn't want to have to hang out with him. And then a day later, he approaches me and was like, why did you lie to me? And I was like, what? He literally drove past my apartment to see if my car was oh there. My, oh my God. God. And made me feel like a piece of shit and was like, why are you always lying to me? Like, you can't do that. Blo- you know, like just yeah. manipulative shit. Um, yeah, because it's not, he's not at all in the wrong for spying no. on you in the first place. Like yeah. he's, yeah. And we had this thing where he always wanted to come over at like 7 a.m. before he has to go to work because that's the only time we could hang out because he has a wife and kids and he'd just say he was at work. Um, and there were multiple times where I would pretend like I was asleep um, and didn't get his text that he wanted to come over because I didn't want him to. And he would come up and knock on my window to oh let, fucking to God. get me to let him in. And I mean, like, the sex was consensual. Everything was consensual. I just felt constantly uncomfortable, and I didn't know why. I thought that was normal. Maybe I hadn't been in a relationship with a guy before. Like, I didn't know what it meant. Like, maybe I liked him, and I just felt nervous or something. Or, like, maybe I was nervous that other people would find out because he was my boss. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of went with it for a while, and it continued up all the way until I left for college. And he continued to message me then. And honestly, it was kind of nice having someone who cared about me and liked me so much. He said that he loved me and one time asked if he could call me his girlfriend. And I was like, you literally have a wife and kids. Because he said he was getting divorced, like she had cheated on him. He was going to get divorced any day now. Um, But he hadn't yet because... He was scared she was going to take the kids or something. Can I add something? Mm-hmm. Also, after we moved up here, away from this guy, he didn't he message you, like, saying he wanted to move up to Nebraska? Yes. Yeah. He, he was talking about how there are places where he is, like, the manager of that would hire him here so that he would be willing to move up here from Away from his wife and children. Who he was still married to. Yeah. And to this day, they are still married eventually we just stopped talking um i currently have a boyfriend now but still every once in a while he'll still message me and i i haven't confronted him i haven't said anything to him i don't know if i have anything i want to say to him well it's it's also hard because like so for example one time candy needed a letter of recommendation for was it for uh, a club it was just like for potential jobs so yeah so she was she's like you know candy is being responsible like trying to compile all the shit she needs to, you know, be involved. Yeah, be an adult. And so, like, as is custom, uh, she asks her former boss, who is this dude, for a letter of rec. And 
And what did he say again? He was, it said something along the lines of, I would always be willing to write you a letter of recommendation. Like, I miss you so much. I would speak so highly of you. Like, mm-hmm. you can always ask me for anything that you need ever. Yeah. Just Ew. weird things yeah. along that line. And I was just like, just be professional. Okay, please. I literally just asked for a letter of recommendation, mm-hmm. but thanks. Yeah. Yeah, like, all you, have to, all you have to say is, yes, I will send it right over. <laughs> what yeah. is your email? Yeah. And after we, stopped talking multiple times he would message me on snapchat and be like i miss you i love you so much and i just would not respond yeah and he doesn't message me as much anymore thank god because i don't message him back when was the last time he messaged you it's been a while um i think the letter of recommendation was the last time we last time yeah. were in contact well when we go back to our hometown and go out to the bars with our friends we always see him mm-hmm. every time yeah because he's best friends somehow he's <coughs> he's like 30 years old now and hangs out with everyone our age yeah, yeah. really so strange. like 10 year yes yeah, all almost. of his best friends are it's a 10 year difference mm-hmm. or something <laughs> that's not weird not right? weird at all <laughs> no and i mean like if you, of course if you like have a friend that's like 10 years in distance like at a certain point it doesn't really matter like would i judge a 50 year old for being friends with a 60 year old like no but i do think like college kids versus like an adult with 10 years children older. and a wife as your yeah. only yeah. friends yeah like that's weird yeah that's just super fucking weird yeah it was just a very very much manipulative thing and when i moved away up finally we moved up to nebraska i was like what if what if that's what it was supposed to be like what if no one's ever gonna love me again like i was completely brainwashed at that point like what do i do and holy shit, guys, that's not what it's supposed to be. <laughs> it can only get better, ladies and gents. Um, so thanks, guys, for talking and spilling your souls. It was intense but funny at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to summarize this Never whole... laughed so much while talking about assault. You guys want to go home and drink? <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> tune in next time. For a little bit more information, a lot more stories, and an incredible amount of additional rage <laughs> towards all these shitty, the rage is never awful people. Yeah, next time we will be talking about minding your own business. Minding your own fucking business. <laughs> Fuck them all. Mind your own business, boys. Thank you uh, once again. I'm Sophia Nocera, and this is Four Out of Four. For more information or questions about the podcast, survey, or statistics given in the show, please email 4 out of 4 podcast at gmail.com. Four as in, for the number. If you or a loved one has been sexually assaulted or harassed and want help, please call 800-656-HOPE, 800-656-4673 for the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline. If you or a loved one is suicidal as a result of abuse, please call 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Please look into contacting experts around your area for any emotional, psychological, or physical trauma. The music is from freearchive.org, and our theme is Kumikus Un Desert. Finally, I'd like to thank the University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Journalism for allowing me the resources needed to record, edit, and produce this podcast. Thank you to all the guests on the show who talked with me throughout the season. Candy, Crystal, Malio, Michael Stern, Reginald, 
most importantly, my co-host, Michael Hunt. You know who you are. Thank you to the respondents of my survey for trusting me with your stories and allowing me to tell them for this podcast. And thank you for listening. See you next time to talk about what I like to call Stranger Danger.